Welcome to the Empath and the Narcissist Podcast, where you regain your sparkle back after narcissistic abuse. I am your host, Raven Scott, a trauma-informed spiritual mentor, certified meditation teacher, and human design expert. I'm empowering empaths in recovery and healing from narcissistic abuse, childhood trauma through human design, self-care, mindfulness advice, and expert interviews. Subscribe now. This is season five, episode 74. Six ways to step into a better you after narcissistic abuse. Do you continually put yourself last until you no longer know who you are and what you want or need for your happiness? Kylie Borg, a narcissistic abuse recovery coach, felt the same way. For a long time, she felt ashamed and embarrassed, feeling that she quote unquote, let this happen and not understand how and why. Kylie healed herself and is helping others do the same and thrive. And you too can shift from this shell of a person to your happy and vibrant self. Kylie is helping you step from your past negative abusive relationships into trusting yourself and healing your present to live a fulfilling life. Allow yourself to create and achieve a joy-filled future designed by you with Kylie's help. Learn how she can help you transform. Book your free discovery call today. With a narcissist, they leave you cut down below. They take you down. When you meet a narcissist, you have high confidence levels, but after they're finished with you, you've been notched down a few rungs. And sometimes you are a shell of a person that you once were. So you come to a crossroad of, who am I going to be now? And sometimes it is a going back to who you were before, and other times it is a drastic transformational change. And this is what we talk about today in the episode with Kylie Borg. Kylie's own recovery from an emotionally traumatic and narcissistic relationship has placed her in the ultimate position to support women with similar histories. She has been coaching for over 20 years, but more recently made the decision to help and support women with similar past experiences to her own. Knowing someone is in your corner to help you move forward, who also understands your past, is something Kylie never had and the reason why she is here to support you now. You can find her at kylieborg.com. Let's dive into the conversation. Kylie, how are you? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Thanks for having me. Yes, so happy to have you on the podcast, fellow survivor and queen awesomeness mom boss. And it's just so lovely to connect with someone else who's on the other side of it, right? It just brings so much hope and camaraderie. And this is our goal today is to bring that hope and that strength and healing that you empaths who are listening who may not feel like it's ever going to be better that one day Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So tell us a bit about your story and your experience with narcissistic abuse. Sure. So I was in a narcissistic relationship for the good part of 17 years, married for probably 11 of those, have two children, 
Now, I guess what I can say to that is, and I don't know if this is the case for some of your audience, but I didn't actually know that I was in a narcissistic relationship until it ended. So towards the end of the relationship, so I say the end of the last few years, I was showing signs of emotional trauma, but I still hadn't put everything together. So once the relationship ended and I guess I was telling reluctantly telling my story to some friends and family and a psychologist or two it was then (laughs) (laughs) I can say that I can laugh about it now because I am on the other side of it but uh, it was pointed out to me that that was actually the relationship that I was in and it was then I started to reflect on some of the experiences that I had through the relationship that you know, those moments where you go, oh, wow, how did I not see that? How, there there were flags, there were definitely flags. At the time, I wouldn't have called them red flags, though. I would have called them maybe yellow and you add them all up together that, and it probably, if there's such thing as a black flag, it probably was a black flag. But at the time, I couldn't, I couldn't see it. So it was after the relationship when I went, what am I feeling? What What's happening with me? I'm really lost. I really don't think I know who I am anymore. And a bit of a funny story to that. I used to be one of those people that when people would say, I don't know who I am anymore. I need to go find myself. I was very much like, how can that be? That doesn't make any sense to me. It's such a cliche. And then I was on the other end of it and I went, oh my God, it's a cliche for a reason. <laughs> this actually happens and it's happening to me right now. There's I a just, bit of karma I, right there. You're like, what is It is, right? That's <laughs> <laughs> so true. I've had those moments um, where I'm like, oh crap, karma's coming back. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I did, I feel like I became someone I, I couldn't even recognize anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What were some of those black flags, if you will? <laughs> yeah, sure. So I do, I, I can't tell you how many times I was told there was something wrong with me. Mm. So if I didn't do things a certain way, if I thought things a certain way, if I behaved a certain way or had an opinion that was different, there's something wrong with you. People I know, don't do this, don't behave like this. That is not normal. You need help. And you get told that again and again that, of course, you eventually just believe it. So that just instilled this level of, well, it left me with no confidence. I no longer believed my gut feeling, my intuition that I always, I guess, I relied on that quite heavily before the relationship. And all of a sudden, I didn't trust any of it. And I did. I went out and got help many, many times because I had been convinced and I had convinced myself that, okay, there is something wrong with me. Um, And when you went to get help, what did those people or experts say? Yeah, so (laughs) this is where, you know, when you look back and you go, hmm, I probably should have gone back for that next session because when they would point out that I was, you know, one person used the word bullying, one person used emotionally abusive, I would shut down through the session. I would listen. Mm -hmm. 
and I wouldn't go back. Yeah. Yeah. I Isn't just that wouldn't go interesting? back. Yeah. I, I feel the same exact way, especially even like yeah. friends telling me. And I don't know why we like internally get really defensive. I guess maybe it is because that's who we're with and that's our life we've built. And it's like a survival mechanism. And if we have to Absolutely. face really the truth, ooh, like, I don't want to, I don't want to shake the boat. Like I just want everything I don't to want to go there. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But it's like yeah. such a self-sabotaging as well. Cause you're right. When you look in hindsight, you're like, that was a really dumb move, but yeah. I get it. Like I know <laughs> that feeling. So if you're listening, yeah. like you are not alone. <laughs> you are not alone. And it's, 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 it really is that natural instinct, as you said, that defense mechanism just kicks in to go, well, if that was true, surely I wouldn't be in this relationship. If that was true, surely I wouldn't accept where I am. I'd be doing something different. So our walls go up, our guards go up, we start questioning everything again. And it just, I, I know that I just didn't accept it as reality. So... Yes. Yes. So I just didn't go back. I'd see someone else a few months later. And would you uh, reflect with your, your partner, like, that was really weird. They said this, or would you keep it internal? Like you wouldn't share? Once I did. So I remember. Oh, what um, oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh goodness. Again, we can laugh now. So <laughs> I remember jumping in the car after this session and I don't know why I felt compelled to call him and tell him. And, I, you know, I remember that feeling. I was in the car and I dialed his number. I said, I just thought I've just finished my session and I just thought I'd share with you what they've said because it's, it's thrown me a bit. So I wanted to talk to you about it. And I typically wasn't very vulnerable because every time I was, I'd get shut down or I'd get turned around and something became my fault. So I often didn't reveal, I guess, what I really wanted to say in the end. But this time I did. And I said, look, I've just explained to her what happened, you know, last night. And she said, that she thinks you're bullying me, which is a form of abuse. And I, I, at the time I couldn't believe I said the words, but there was something inside me that just thought, just say it, see what happens, see where it lands. And I got in trouble. Oh gosh, <laughs> I yeah. did. I did. I got in so much trouble for it because it was what on earth are you saying to her? What lies are you making up? How could you say that about me? And then I quickly went, ah, oh, yeah, I'm sure it was just the way that I phrased it. I'm sure I was just upset at the time because of what happened last night and that all would have, I just defended it right? and shut it down because for me when I, I say get in trouble because that's what it feels like. It's it's like you're Did a child. Did you feel like diminished like a child, right? I was yeah. a child. I was absolutely a child. And all I wanted to do was to be in the good books again. Mm. So for me it was like how quickly can I turn this around so I'm in the good books again? Because what's going to happen is when I see him later tonight, I'm going to get in trouble again. So I have to flip it and make it okay and let him know 
that I kind of didn't mean it and I'm okay and we're okay and this is fine and she doesn't know what she's talking about and I didn't go back. And I remember her calling me a week later and she left me a voicemail and she just said, Kylie, I know we had a really tough conversation last week. I'm checking in to see if you're okay. And I never called her back. Mm. I just. Oh my gosh, the weight on her heart must have been just so knowing the situation you were in. I know. (laughs) And at the time, you know what? I didn't care. I didn't care about her. I just thought, no, I can't do it. I can't go there. I'm not going there and I'm not going to call you again. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's such, it struck such a chord with you because you knew she was right, almost like at a soul level. You're like, I don't know what. And then you brought it up and then you regretted it immediately. You retract and then you just go back to that kind of like crawling back to them. I mean, I've experienced it, so I kind of understand. Yeah. Is there a way that we could verbalize like why we do that? Like how do we get to a point where we defend our abuser and we yeah. grovel to make sure everything's okay with our abuser. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point, actually. Well, when I reflect back, I know that obviously I just didn't have the confidence in myself anymore that I came into the relationship with. So I know that that was a big part of it. I also know a big part of it was, and I guess this is where the combination of narcissism and gaslighting comes into it. I truly at that point believed, I I say truly, there was part of me that knew or thought he knows better than me. Mm. Surely he knows better than me. He's smarter than me and who am I and I'm here to support him and, yeah. <laughs> I really feel sense. like that's yeah. it, right? Like yeah. they brainwash you to believe that they do things for your best interest, that they're smarter, yes. they're yes. ahead of you, they they know better. Yeah. You're right. Like they completely yeah. take the, the intelligent upper hand, which is kind of the part of the coercive control. Like yes. there is no even playing ground until actually with that couple, there always has, they always have to be in control and above, like a power dynamic is out of balance. Absolutely out of balance. Yeah, and but I they remember. do it so, like, so trickily, right? They do it they so do it, Yeah, and it was over years, right? So it was bit mm-hmm. by bit by bit. So it was almost subtle enough to either not care or not add it all up that that's what was happening. Yeah. So I do remember, and I almost can't believe he said this to me, but when we were separating, we were having a conversation about who I was now and who I was before and I said, it just it's so strange to me that this is where I am now. And it was funny that we were actually having this conversation but we occasionally would and then he said, oh, I, I remember when I... So we knew each other when we were really, really young and then it was some, you know, 20 year school reunion or something like that that we saw each other again and he said to me you were so confident when I met you I'm like Mm -hmm. yeah he's like so confident that I had to knock you down a few levels oh mg that is like real yeah and I I just went uh what I couldn't believe it and first I couldn't believe he actually said those words but he did and I was 
horrified. And I thought, and you did it. Mm-hmm. And you actually did it bit yeah. by bit by bit. And then you get in that circle of, I know when I first realised that that was, I guess, my truth, that is what had happened to me, my first instincts were to beat myself up about it. So mm. how could you have let this happen? Surely you were smarter than that. Surely you saw the signs. Why did you stay? And then I realised that is not serving me at all reliving those past events again and again and again all I'm doing is almost hurting myself again and again and again I can't I couldn't change it and I knew I wasn't going to be able to move forward from there but there was some element I think it gave me some reassurance that because he admitted it I could go oh my god it was actually true it is true and he's just actually told me it's true yeah and he did it over years I feel like that's their way to win like they already know they're lost right you were separated at the time I remember mine said something really shocking when I was done and he knew I was done I think he probably even I feel I can't remember if this was before or after no this was before yeah because he hacked into my email and he knew that I had signed a lease to move out but then he didn't talk to me after that so this was before yeah yeah And they just say these things almost like to one-up you, like to give you that last jab in your heart because they know that they've lost control of you. Yes. And it's just so awful, you know? And I put it on my book. He said, I chose you for this very reason because you were a blank slate. I could change you into anybody I wanted to. Wow. And it's just like, right? Like the craziness is revealed. That's insane, isn't it? And you're right. It is that control because – even though I got something out of him saying that, he yeah. was admitting the control that he had. <laughs> it's and like, he felt like he was getting something out of it, like, mm, yeah. so good, I got her. Uh, I did, I got her. you got healing out of it. <laughs> touché. Yes. Yeah, touche. <laughs> so true. <laughs> but that's um, the light winning the dark, right? That's The absolutely. darkest is never going to win, even no, if it's It's really true. not. Yeah. Before we go into commercial break, we're gonna. I'm gonna ask you after how to trust yourself amongst the gaslighting. But is there like a favorite Netflix movie or show you've been binging lately? Binging, I, (laughs) I'm actually, (laughs) I'm saying this laughing because my partner picked up on it the other day. So I'm rewatching Shit's Creek. I love this show. Oh my god, I love it so much. And I just started rewatching it and I it's the only thing I want to watch at the moment. And I think it was last night I was I asked my partner for something and he mimicked me. And he's like, Oh my God, you sound like the woman out of Schitt's Creek. And I'm like, oh my God, I must be watching it way too much. <laughs> it's like ingrained in my brain. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So reliving it. <laughs> How do you know you're on the right path? The healing journey is unique to each person and it takes one baby step at a time. The truth about narcissists, journal ritual, EFT tapping, mirror work, connect with your healed ancestor, Ho'oponopono prayer, dealing with difficult people meditation, gratitude journal, and human design 101. 
These are just some of the few tools that I have included in the Empath and Narcissist book, A Healing Guide with Spiritual Exercises. I am over here on the other side of the deep, dark cavern abyss that you're facing right now, of the unknown. I'm here waving, cheering you on to take your next right step to the other side. And one of those steps is to educate yourself and gain all the healing tools that have helped me cross my own bridge to the other side and have a life full of abundance and love and peace away from the narcissist. You can find my book on Amazon and listen on Audible today. So going back into, I know I could like keep talking about, talk more about Schitt's Creek, but I should, you know what? I just found these really beautiful productions by these same actresses on Netflix. They're French and one is called Bonfire. Bonfire of a woman, femme bonfire. If, probably if you type in bonfire, it'll come up because it's pretty popular. Yeah. And then the other yeah. one is women of, women of war or women in war. Women of wow. war. Yeah. They're amazing. Like, yeah. I had to actually stop part of the women of war because I was like, oh, I can't keep watching this tragedy. But they end really good. They end really well, but they go through some crazy, crazy stuff. Yes. Yeah. Well, that sounds good. I'll add it to my list. <laughs> Bit opposite to Shit's Creek. <laughs> It is. <laughs> it's a period drama for sure. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So how do we, how do we trust ourselves? Like, are there some tips that we can do while make, because some of our listeners are still amongst a ga- gaslighting narcissist. Okay. Do you have some tips on how to trust yourself when you're being gaslit? I do think it depends on, I guess, what part of the relationship that you're in. Like you said, if you're in it mm-hmm. or after it, because I have children, I'm still obviously in contact with my ex and I've had to, I guess, I didn't have the luxury of just, you know, cutting things off and moving on. But so I still get, I don't get caught in the conversation, but the conversations can still happen So if we're on a phone call and he is disagreeing with me, I can now hear the words that he's saying that diminishes mine. Mm. So I get, well, firstly, I start, my little voice in my head starts going, that's not true. That is not true. That is not what I said. That is not how I said it. And that's not who I am. I never used to trust that. I never used to trust that voice in my head. Now I hear it and I believe it. I might, you know, you do have, <laughs> you second guess. I will absolutely admit I second guess and I go, did I, do I, is that what I do? But especially after the call, I stop and I, I sometimes replay it and I go, what part of that is true and what part of that is not true and Mm. likely most of it is not true and it's being able to because sometimes it's hard to do it amongst the conversation oh yeah so really hard it's 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 like (laughs) oh just get away from there so what I learned to do was I guess two things one when in the conversation minimize my reaction 
So try to stay calm, not get, I used to get very defensive, Mm -hmm. not get defensive, stay calm, say less. Less is best. (laughs) Say a lot less. And then after the conversation, so, and firstly, they don't like that. I don't know what you found, but they don't like it when you don't bite. So when you don't bite, the conversation can't go much further. So then, yeah, because they're relying that, on your words, yeah. like your your response, to yeah. then pull you deeper into their drama or say whatever right. they want to say or control and manipulate the situation. Absolutely. So for me, <laughs> yeah. it was definitely say less, even if it's just listening. I would then not give if it was a question. I would not necessarily give an answer right there and then, because it's it's almost like. Nothing I say now is going to work. So I would try to wind up the conversation or shut it down. And for me, at this point, it was all on the phone. Hang it up and give myself some space. So it's during that space that I could go, what was true? What wasn't true? What is it that I really actually want to say without being influenced by them? Mm. So... Because once you're on, once you're in the conversation, once you're on the call, as we said, it's hard to not get caught up in it. We like, what's your favorite with... phrase to kind of like put off the answer, or to, yep. to kind of tuck away the conversation so you can gather yourself again? Yeah, sure. So I would actually say I can't have this conversation with you right now, and he would bite, and again, I'd repeat it. I can't yeah. actually have this conversation with you right now. I'm going to hang up. So I've always, I don't know about you, I always feel bad. I will never hang up on someone, like just cold because it's like, yeah. oh, that's like, that's not very nice. It's right. like, why do you care about being nice right now? <laughs> but I still would. I still absolutely would. So I felt like I had to give warning. I can't have this conversation right now. I'm going to hang up. Keep going. I can't have this conversation right now. I will speak to you tomorrow. I'm going to hang up. And I would actually hang up. Then hang up, yeah. Then hang up. And sometimes the phone would ring again. And then it was just, it's it's hard. You just don't answer it, don't answer it, don't answer it. So, and that was one of my biggest triggers, really. The phone ringing was my biggest, biggest trigger. And I put in lots of things in place to help me manage that trigger especially so for me because we were sharing custody we are sharing custody if my kids were home with me they're fine I don't need to answer the phone right right so the only topic would be be and if they're not in your custody with him then of course you're going to pick up but yeah that's right that's right. right Right. Yeah. No need. So that was, yeah, it was like, okay, what is it that's going to work for you to minimize that trigger? So that was the biggest thing that I did. It wouldn't stop the phone calls though. So did you put it on silent or would like you temporarily block his number when you had the kids in custody or like what was your tricks? So it was definitely on silent. And because I don't have a home phone, I only have a mobile. For me, I get in all of my head about what if it's my mum? What if it's someone that needs me? What if, what if, what if? So yeah. I thought, okay, I'll put it on silent. 
and I will have to see his name on the phone, but I just won't be able to answer. If he called a second time, that's when I would go, what if something's wrong? What if, you know, I was very close to his family and his friends. What if something was wrong? And I look back now and I go, oh, my goodness, like (laughs) you probably didn't need to think that deeply about it, but that look, that's who I am and yeah, okay we are feeling yeah. people. We yeah, right. Can't <laughs> I can't help it. I can't help it. So I might answer, but I would always, as I said, that line was my mm. go-to. And it, you know what? It does actually work. So it frustrates the hell out of them. But eventually they get the message that you're not you're not going to engage. And that's what they need to know. You're not going to engage. I love that. It's so yeah. powerful. Oh, that gaslighting is just so awful. So what other things did you do to, because I know exactly that your the pit of your stomach drops. You like literally yes. go into fight or flight when you hear yeah. the phone ring. Were there any yeah. other things that helped you with that trigger? That one in particular. So it was, it was definitely... Other. Yeah, there, there are other triggers. <laughs> <laughs> they exist um, all around us after narcissistic yeah. <laughs> And look, I think the biggest thing is knowing the triggers. So, and look, I know when I was in the relationship towards the last couple of years, I remember saying to my partner, when you come home in the middle of the night can you take your shoes off, please? And he was like, what? And I said, when you come home in the middle of the night, you often will come home, sit on the bed and say, Kylie, wake up, we need to talk. And it was never a good conversation. But my trigger was the sound of his shoes in the hallway coming towards the bedroom. (sighs) And so I wouldn't I didn't know that until I knew that (laughs) so I would hear him I would have this it was a panic attack it was I would be lying in bed my heart would be racing I'd be shaking in anticipation of what was about to come so I remember going try to pinpoint it try to get get it before it happens because you don't know it's going to happen I kind of don't but you hope that it's not going to so I said that to him and I told him I said the sound of your shoes walking down the hallway when it's in the middle of the night triggers me. It, it sends me into a panic. I get all shaky. I can't breathe clearly because I'm scared of what's coming. I don't like what's coming. So I'd like you to, and I remember saying, I need you to help me on this one. Please just take your shoes off. Mm-hmm. So he did. I still heard him, I remember this the first time, I still heard him come through the door and I thought, oh, he's taking his shoes off. Step in the right direction. Fantastic. I felt him sit on the bed and then he said, Kylie, wake up. We need to talk. And I'm like, oh, my God, are you serious? And then I woke up and I said, are you kidding? He's like, no, 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 I'm just joking. I'm like, that's not funny. Yeah, it really is not funny. Nothing about that is funny. Yeah. So very different when you're in the situation trying to manage the triggers, especially with someone that's a narcissist because it's a game. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that was a tricky one. But I thought, (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. It's Again, tricky. Not funny. It was, it's not funny. It's crazy. Mine has done something s- similar to that for me too. Yeah. Not like at the beginning. I feel like he kind of sensed that he shouldn't do that because then I would yeah. rage on him. Yes. But yeah. Yeah. Even just recently, it doesn't really catch me anymore. And I, it, yeah. but I do pause and I'm like, oh, wait, you're joking. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> it's funny now, like 10, 12 years later, but yes. when you're just feeling it and you're in the triggers, it's like, no, 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 no. not funny. I love you. You may think it's funny because you have no idea what I experienced, but yeah, yes. it's not funny. Not and there's funny. There's a and moment for growth and boundary setting with a new partner. Exactly. Exactly. And I think what you just said there is spot on. They, they don't know and understand what it's like being on the receiving end. So it doesn't make yeah. sense. It's true. And yeah. I think that's why there's that whole like victim blaming and, oh, like just leave, you know, it's, yes, I think, yeah. I think we've battled enough of that, but there's yeah. still that out there just because yeah. they have, maybe those people do lack a little bit of empathy about it just because yeah. they haven't experienced it and they can't even fathom in their head. Like they would never put themselves in their, sh- that sh- you know, in the shoes of that role. Yes. Yes. But yeah, it's, it is what it is, right? It is what it is. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and having somebody who can be respectful and and not do that after you've asked and explain to them, like, this is real. Like, this is no yeah. joke. You know, yeah. and I think that's, it's important to be able to explain that as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So we were, you have on your website, you, you help and you coach uh, people after narcissistic yeah. abuse to yeah. kind of a... Uh, step into their future step into yes. their better life yes you, like share with us maybe a, a few tips or four tips yeah that you share with your clients yeah absolutely and obviously these came through from my own personal experience over many years which is what led me to I guess coaching as I think I've mentioned to you I've been coaching for many years but this particular area of interest uh has come about more recently because I do want to support people that have gone through a similar experience. So the process. Can I ask you before we go into tips, can I ask you, so you you were doing life, life coaching before? It was more like working with corporate clients on, so I would work with individuals that were looking to either reach new goals in their careers or working with team members that needed to improve their performance and work through some development uh, work with them. So it's funny, it's all interchangeable. So for me, what I love about coaching is just getting behind where people are and where they want to be and working through those gaps with them and what works best for them. It's all about Mm -hmm. them. So I'm there just to help people see what they can actually achieve if they want to. Yeah. So, yeah. And you've been out how many years from, from your ex? Uh, six years. Six years. Okay. Six years. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. When did you feel like ready and healed enough to be able to coach people through, you know, healing from narcissistic abuse? Yeah. Uh, I think the last two years. Yeah. So what I did go through, however, was the process of, oh, I'm ready to help other people, but oh my God, what if he finds out? Right. Exactly. Right. So, (laughs) oh my God. (laughs) So that was my biggest fear is that I'm going to 
great that I'll be working with people, but I think I'm going to get in trouble for doing it. And I had to, again, just work through that whole self-talk of that can't happen to you anymore. You're okay. You got this. You've done all, you've done the work. You're still doing the work and you're not that person anymore. You're not that person anymore. You got it. <laughs> a lot of self-coaching, a lot of self-coaching. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I love that. That's yes. so important. And it, it's, it is rewarding and it almost completely, I don't know what to say, like, the risk, the the reward is greater than the risk, you know? Yes. And of, of course you want to be safe and careful, but yeah, once you kind of push through that and self-coach yourself, get all the proper safety nets in order, it's just so rewarding to every time I hear another listener reach out to me, which you all can reach out to me at any time, just like how they, they really enjoy this podcast and the book. It's like, yes, this is why right? I yes. risked blackmail and I just put my blackmail out there and I, you yep. know, diminished the threats because this is why. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry. Back to yeah. our, our main goal here, but yeah, I just wanted to segue there and ask you that. Yeah. <laughs> More tips on, on yeah. how to step into your better life after narcissistic. Sure. Okay. So the first one I would say is acknowledging the past. So as I said to you before, I I wasn't really aware it was happening, but once I got wind of it and started exploring it, it was it was a bit of a journey to acknowledge it, accept it and even say the words, but that was huge and instrumental for me to be able to move forward. So the first one would definitely be acknowledging it, but part of that is then letting it go. Mm. So getting you can get stuck there so easily, reliving, reliving, but you have to be able to reach a point where you can actually just let it go and know that it's in your past and you have choices from here. The second one is deciding what is your truth. So what is your story? What is the difference between the truth that you're telling yourself and what you think is the truth that you've been told? So is that my voice? Is that his voice? What's true? What's not true? And it's that goes a long way to building, rebuilding that self-confidence and retrusting your gut and your intuition and knowing that it's still there. It's still there. It's just been shut down for a little while, but separating those conversations out. The big one for me, as we've talked about, is managing those trigger events. So they're the ones that tend to set you back the most. So you feel like you're moving forward, then something happens that puts you back how many steps, like so many steps. So being able to identify them and put in place what's going to work for me to manage that. Not, you know, a lot of people have different ways of obviously managing those events, get some ideas, but then sit with yourself and go, what's actually going to work for me? And spend the time on that and spend the time going, this happens to me when this event happens, step by step, 
what are some things I can do when that comes to light and putting them into practice. And, uh, and I will say it does take practice, right? So the first time you give it a go, it's really uncomfortable because you don't know where it's going to land. You don't know what's, if it's going to work, but try things out until you find something that sits well with you. So absolutely managing those events. The other one would be, and this was really big for me actually, so knowing what do I want to do next? So who am I now? Who do I actually want to be? I remembered who I was before this relationship and I was pretty proud of that person. <laughs> do I do I want to be that person? Do I want to be a different person? <laughs> it's all me. But what's important to me now? How do I see myself in the future? Who do I want to be? What do I want to do? What's important to me now? Because when my relationship finished, I was full-time mum. So I had to find a job, I had to find a new house to live in, all of those things. So I had to work out pretty quickly what my next steps were and that was part of the process for me. And in line with that is deciding what steps I'm going to take next. So once you can actually clarify for yourself what your, let's call it your new story, which is what I like to talk to my clients about, write yourself your new story, you can create your new story then you need to start taking action towards that. And I talk teeny tiny little steps. I'm not talking leaps and bounds. I'm just talking about what's one little thing you can do today or this week that's different from what you did last week that might just move you that little teeny bit forward. And if you do that once a day, once a week, whatever it is that you're, I guess, ready to do, you will start seeing things shift. I think that's four. <laughs> I love that. No, I think that's five. Yeah. And if we yep. include acknowledge and let go as two separate steps, two. we got six right yeah. there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that process. <laughs> I, I could talk that. about it for a long time, so I'll stop now. <laughs> you know, I really was thinking about the same question that you had, yeah. especially when I had the, the little ones. Thankfully, I had mine away from the narcissist. But it yeah. was like this huge spiritual trigger, like, who are you going to be? And how are you going to break these generational curses? Yeah. And I remember listening to Jen Sincero's You're a Badass book like four times because I was wow. like, that's it. I want to be unrecognizable in a good yeah. way. I do not yes. want to have <laughs> the same patterns over and over. And that's right. it's possible. Like you said, baby Jeez. steps. and. I am kind of unrecognizable and don't quite relate to my family in a good way. I mean, it yep. kind of sucks, but now I'm the veritable rainbow sheep and I'm shifting yep. leaps and bounds, breaking generational curses. That's amazing. That's so yeah. amazing. Yeah. It's possible though. And yep. it's hard to see that at the time that you're going through it, but that's why we talk about yeah. bit by bit by bit. And you will see the shifts. You will see the shifts. And then it, feed, it feeds you. So once you see, oh, that actually did make a difference, you can start seeing that other things are possible. And that's key, being able to see that other things are possible and that this is not the end. There is so much more out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's yeah. like a triathlon or a, an athlete or a bodybuilder. Like obviously yeah. they're amazing gold medal body 
was not immediately overnight developed. Like it's the same with our brains and our growth mindset and our emotional intelligence. Absolutely. Day by day. I bet. I mean, the the same way that the narcissist tears us down day by day, bit by bit. Bit by bit. Absolutely. The direction. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. This beautiful conversation, Kylie, thank you so much for being here and sharing your story and wisdom. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Yes. So where can people connect with you? Do you have any free things you want to share? Sure. So my website is uh, kylieborg.com. I am offering free 30-minute sessions uh, where we can just get on the phone and have a bit of a chat about where you're at and what you're looking to do. You might not know that and that's okay. <laughs> so that's what the talk is for. A lot of people yeah. don't know what their next steps are, but that's that's completely normal. If for your listeners, if they do the 30-minute session and then they decide to work with me through the program, I will offer them a 10% discount off the yeah. price. Okay, yeah. good. Thank you for that. That's no very generous. No problem. Yeah. I mean... If I was in the midst and I was a listener, I'd be working with you immediately. Just like being in your presence and your voice, it's so calming and and comforting. So, Thank you. And likewise, I've really enjoyed speaking to you. It's always, there is a level of comfort being amongst others that know and understand. There's a, you don't, you know, you speak to people that don't know and you kind of feel a bit either judged or maybe I shouldn't have said that, but amongst Amongst others, it's almost like being with family. <laughs> so I really appreciated being with you today and your Yeah, <laughs> the survivor yes. community, yes, we all yes. know. We just look yes. at each other. We just like eye contact, we know. <laughs> we know. <laughs> we can read each other's minds. Yes. yes. I love it. Yes, it's been a pleasure. Yes, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I, I, can I, do you mind if I just say, because I'm, if you haven't noticed from my accent, I am in Australia. So if your listeners are trying to book a time and it doesn't quite work out because of the time zone, I'm mm-hmm. happy for them to either email me or just book in a time in advance and then I'll get their details and I can reschedule a more suitable time. Obviously not okay. in the middle of the night, but <laughs> <laughs> yes. Flexible. Yeah, yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah, now's a good time. Oh, no. When we started, it was at four. So if you're in California, so that would be horrible, even if we're in the East Coast at seven. And it's no morning time for you there, right? It's 10 a.m. for me. Yeah. Yeah. So that works yeah. out good. It's not yes. like the UK where it's like they're sleeping right now. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> not going to work. <laughs> no. I love it. Okay. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for that. My detail. pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Oh my gosh. I mean, couldn't you just listen to Kylie all day long with her amazing Australian accent? So the six takeaways that I have for you to stepping into your better life, your better you, your better life, the life of your dreams, however you want to look at it, is number one, acknowledge. Acknowledge what happened. Number two, let go. Forgive, let go, never forget, and learn from your lessons. Number two, deciding what is your truth. Number three, managing the trigger events. Number four, asking, what did I say? Number five, 
asking what do I want to do next? And number six, taking the small actionable steps to do so. And here's a motivational quote by Vasilia Beninsta. The abuse didn't make you strong. You overcame it because you're already strong. Let's not give the abusers credit for making us strong. You are more powerful and unique than you know you are. And your human design chart is your soul map that guides you and awakens you to your unique energy vibration and allows the path to reveal itself in front of you as you start to learn about yourself and elevate your vibration. I reveal how you can understand your unique talents through your gates, how you can amplify the energy transiting certain gates that you may not have in the current transit and gaining a deeper understanding for how to harness your unique gate traits to live a more abundant and fulfilled and yet of course, peaceful life. Today, I released the first in the series because the gate, the sun gate is moved into gate two and the earth has moved into gate one. If you want access to this today, click the link here and join the Patreon tier human design gates. You'll receive weekly video coaching as well as live Q&A chats that you can ask your questions with me every Sunday, 10.30 a.m. Pacific time. So join the Human Design Patreon Gate tier today and dive into this very first video I have for you. If you want personal help in gaining clarity, your authentic power back, and healing to be rid of the narcissist for good, join our empath community and receive sparkle reminder inspiration every Saturday and strategies to heal from narcissist abuse. Plus, get your free human design chart summary and free 20-minute support call with me. As soon as you're in, I'll gift you your human design reading with your type, strategy, and inner authority. So join now and get your reading within 24 hours. I'm so grateful for you listening finding the show and sharing it with your friends. It would give a great boost in the heart-centered algorithm to rate and review this podcast if you are enjoying it. Take a screenshot, share it on your socials, share it in a text message to a friend that you know right now needs to be pulled out of the quicksand. And remember, always keep your unique light shining. I just wanna make it last Try to let go of the past I close my eyes, embrace the blast Sleepless nights and headaches stack Restlessness to hell and back What's my purpose? What do I grab? A slippery surface, a heart attack And sometimes you just gotta believe There's something that'll give you relief There's something that'll have what you need What you need we're broken, it's tragic, we're not all elastic, but maybe there's magic, believe.